0: you are listening to South Florida Sunday we thank you for joining us this morning and we'd like to welcome now to the program our next guest Matt Corey Matt welcome to South Florida Sunday
1: thanks for having me today Ron
0: now you're here to tell us about insight for the blind Um, let's start from the beginning how long has insight for the blind been around Uh,
1: insight was started in the late seventies I want to say 1977 Mm -hmm. by a, a woman named Caroline Manser and interestingly enough, her husband was the clerk of the U.S. Senate for 20 years in the late 60s into the, the early part of the 70s. And when he retired, they, the plan was to retire to Fort Lauderdale and sail around and enjoy life. But she was uh, not the kind of woman, if you knew her, that was going to be happy doing that for the rest of her days. So she, through her contacts in Washington, D.C., had it in the back of her mind that she wanted to participate in the talking books program. And basically, that's a government-run program for anyone that can't read in a traditional fashion due to uh, physical handicap or blindness. And she learned about the program when she was in D.C. and set out to start a studio in Fort Lauderdale in the probably the third year of their retirement here. Mm -hmm. And that's when the ball got rolling. Now, where's the studio located? The studio's in uh, the heart of Fort Lauderdale. And uh, when they started, they recorded out of a back room in an attorney's office who ended up being one of their first board members. Mm -hmm. And they did the whole routine with the egg crates stapled to the wall. (laughs) And we know how well that works. Yeah,
0: I've been there.
1: And uh, eventually the telephone pioneers found a plot of land where where we currently are, developed a, a plan for the building, built the building, and donated all of it to Insight.
0: So now how does uh, someone go about recording a book? Do you have a staff of announcers? Is it on a voluntary basis? Is it open to anybody if they're a professional or not? How does that work? I'm glad you asked that. That's kind of the the unique thing in the
1: the. Probably the, the whole reason I've been at Insight since 2003. Mm. It's an all-volunteer studio. We have a very small staff and uh, over 100 volunteers in 2018, off the top of my head, contributed over 12,000 hours of recording and engineering wow. for this program. And editing. And editing, yes.
0: <laughs> now, um, is this, uh, ha- has since the, the 70s, has Insight for the Blind grown into other services in addition to audiobooks? Is that your main focus? Uh, the books and magazines that we record for the Library
1: of Congress are absolutely our main focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past three or four years, I've been working on a couple of other ways to. Work on accessible media. And one of those projects was with the Miami City Ballet. Oh, wow. They did a new production of The Nutcracker two years ago. And we recorded the audio description for that particular
0: oh, how performance,
1: cool. which was kind of neat. Yeah. Typically, for a theatrical event, there will be one performance that's dubbed as the audio described performance. People come in and they wear the, the infrared earpiece thing and a, a live describer. We'll do that one performance. And it always seemed to me like that was kind of a lot of work to do for one performance, to have someone come in and audit a rehearsal and make notes and then mm-hmm. do it. And maybe only three people could go. Mm-hmm. So my thought was if it was something that, like the ballet that would run pretty, pretty much true to schedule each night, even if it drifts a second here or there, we could record the narration of that audio description of what's going on that talks about the costumes and talks about what the, the dancers are doing and advancing the story and make that an experience that uh, a blind person might be able to, to enjoy whenever they could go and have that available to them each time that they were there. So that was something that, that I was particularly proud of. We've done three efforts with the Miami City Ballet and we're currently working on a couple of podcasts. Uh, the one I'm most excited about is launching in about a week. It's called Real World Fitness, and it's a reboot of a health and fitness podcast hosted by a gentleman who's I think the only blind certified blind kettlebell instructor, <laughs> and he's uh, he's quite a character. He's done a lot in his career, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting that on our on our site. Now,
0: what else has been going on over at Insight for the Blind?
1: Uh, about a month ago, we had our annual event fundraiser, mm-hmm. and I should preface that by saying that Insight for the Blind is 100% privately funded. When Caroline set out to start this program in Florida, um, it was always meant to participate in the national program, but not as a contractor, more as, as a way to augment the program and record things that wouldn't be in the budget to mm-hmm. be recorded, to expand the services. Mm-hmm. So we don't rely on any sort of government funding or any federal grants or anything like that. It's strictly private donations, private foundations, and individual donations that keep us going. Mm-hmm. So we had our uh, Broadway Live fundraising event. That was the second such event in the last two years. And we, we did really well. We had more, more attendees this year, over 100 people there. And um, we're already talking about our, our third one. So. Uh, that was that was exciting for a group that doesn't do a lot of big event fundraising I think it's always kind of exciting for us to to do something like that and you have just one event a year yes we we use that event to kick off our annual fundraising drive Mm -hmm. which is a direct mail campaign and Mm -hmm. we don't generally solicit uh, a lot from our from our database Uh uh-huh so we try to to be conscious of of that and, right. and don't want to
0: don't want to overdo it exactly you don't want to oversell people and and uh, fatigue them with the uh Request for donations once a year. You have a big event. Folks know that that's the the, the one big event you hold each year. That's right. So Ron. they'll come out and support that. Correct. So um, so any uh, clues as to what we can expect for next year's event? Any secrets you want to divulge uh, while you're here?
1: Well, it's funny you mention that. We <laughs> we did Hollywood Live the first year, which was uh, a tribute to all of the songs of the big screen in the 40s and 50s. Oh, wow. A lot lot of great music. A lot of great music. (laughs) And we did a a similar version this year. This was directed by uh, Sherry Uppen, who's on our board and is a wonderful theater director and has worked in New York and on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And so we did Hollywood Live. We did Broadway Live. And now, you know, I don't know if TV Live is (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) <laughs> gonna fly, but we're we're working on it.
0: So it'd be sort of a salute to television, the music of television. I'm kind of guessing. I,
1: I don't think I don't think that that would would probably work. We couldn't have our performers up there humming the uh, Hill Street Blues theme.
0: <laughs> or the Jeffersons is a lively tune. Yeah. So um, so that's great. I mean, you provide this wonderful service. And, and uh, tell us a little bit about how well these uh, recordings are received. This has got to be such a wonderful uh, resource for folks who are uh, have problems with sight to be able to go to this resource and, and have all this literature available to them. Tell us about how it's well-received by folks who take advantage of this service. It's one of the things that has always challenged us
1: at Insight is getting feedback from the patrons, because a lot of times it feels like we're working in a vacuum where we record this material, and especially our periodicals, it's a nonstop flow of recording. Smithsonian, National Geographic, Traveler, Poetry Magazine, every month that comes in, we turn it over and we get it out and we don't often hear from the patrons. This year, I was fortunate enough to interview uh, 10 Talking Books patrons in advance of our event mm-hmm. because I wanted to, to see for myself you know, what, what is the impact. Mm-hmm. And almost to a person, we're told that the Talking Books are one of the things that, that helped them get through that diagnosis that they were losing their sight. And for many of them, it's a, it's a constant companion. And the improvements in the player over the years, mm. the, the Talking Books player <laughs> has made for, it went from a record player that played vinyl to a cassette player and now the digital player and streaming, it's just something that, that they can always have. And, and we've even had people say that it saved their life. Wow so that that's about as powerful as it gets for
0: us and you mentioned the technology um i i'll, I'll admit I, I i've read and, uh, i've recorded a couple of i think it was uh, magazine articles uh back in the day for lighthouse uh, lighthouse for the blind i guess was an organization in broward many years ago sure um but um at that time like you said it was just a was put on a cassette and you know how long the, however long those lasted and then you'd have to record it again uh, the digital age has probably been a huge boon and probably uh, made uh, the process a lot quicker for you as well at Insight
1: yes you yes and no uh, <laughs> oops it's funny you mentioned that that's how I got my start at Insight there when I walked into that building for my job interview in 2003 I think there were three computers and about 15 open reel tape recorders. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: And everything was analog. And that was very difficult. And that's when you say it's probably gotten easier. The editing on those was, you know, it's not something that you can ask a volunteer to do is to get in there with a razor blade and cut tape or anything like that. So from that, I was tasked with converting it to a digital system (laughs) to get a network going and to make the studios that were operating with the reel-to-reels now do digital-based recording. Right. And in a lot of ways, like, like you say, the sound quality is much better, the ease of editing is incredible, but there is that temptation to, oh, we'll fix it later because <laughs> it's so easy. Right. And so that, that's, sometime, that's why I kind of balked a little bit oh, uh, right, is because right. now there's so much that you can do in post that we often uh, find ourselves getting bogged down in the post-production aspect.
0: Right. But instead of starting over from the beginning, you just kind of punch in wherever you left off, right. which leads to more editing in the, in the end result. And the edits <laughs> add up. <laughs> yeah,
1: They really do. But the, the great thing, I think, for the end user with the digital technology, because it doesn't have to go to a separate place to get dubbed from the open real master to cassettes and then shipped off and duplicated Mm -hmm. and then shipped to the patrons now when we record a holiday edition of for example southern living magazine with recipes and talk about thanksgiving and christmas now they're not the readers aren't getting that and uh, July 4th <laughs> they're getting it when it's still right. when it's still timely and I think that's one of the things that that has really been improved by the the digital delivery
0: and I would think yeah uh, even as you say digital delivery even getting it to folks is probably a lot easier now they don't have to get to have someone drive them to a facility and check out a cassette and bring it back when they're done I would assume now it's all you can just access it on your computer
1: you can you can order on your computer mm. or you can call up a librarian and say I'd like a cartridge of Smithsonian Magazine, mm-hmm. these two books, and Reader's Digest, mm-hmm. for example, and have that all on one cartridge instead of a pile of tapes right, right. that you have to fast forward and rewind to find what you're looking for in the magazines. So it's it's really improved a lot.
0: That's amazing. Now, we talked a little bit about funding, and you were saying uh, uh, the uh, your group is, is – funded by private donations only, Insight for the Blind, um, and I'm sure we have folks who are listening this morning that think maybe they would like to help contribute to all the great work and the services that you're providing. You do accept donations. Oh, we do. We and, do indeed. And, and how and, does someone do that? Uh, if you'd like to, to contribute
1: or to volunteer with us, we do have volunteers from Palm Beach that, that make the trip down. I actually said bye to a couple on my way up today that had come from Lake Worth, so uh-huh. we'll be like ships passing on the The way out of here. Right. Our website is www.insightfortheblind.org, all spelled out. And there's a donate page and a donate button. And I should mention that due to the generosity of one of our uh, angel donors, he's agreed to match every donation we get from now until the end of the year. Uh, dollar for dollar. so your your donation would count twice essentially.
0: So go to that give that information out again it's, that contact info
1: It's insightfortheblind.org and the donate page has a button and you'll be able to see how we're doing with our uh, our match and oh, that's so um, cool and also find find out more about insight and some of the things that we've spoken about and and if you're so inclined, we'd love to have you. Uh, you mentioned, Actually, do you have to be a, a professional to, mm-hmm. to volunteer? Uh, we accept anyone who wants to come in and help. Uh, some people don't want to read. Some people love to read. There's something for everyone to do, and I would encourage you to, to reach out to us.
0: And please give that contact info one more time. Our,
1: our phone number, too, is yes. 954-522-5057, and we're there uh, business hours every day.
0: Now, is there anything we didn't discuss that you want to share with our listeners before we finish our conversation today?
1: Uh, I I think we covered a lot in a pretty big amount of time. I'm proud. (laughs) And when are you coming in as a volunteer? I may
0: have a future in this. (laughs) I'm I'm sitting here talking to you thinking, you know, I've done it before and I really enjoy doing it. Uh, I enjoy doing it a lot, and I've I've done a few audio books. I did uh, the 9-11 commission report on the 9-11 attacks. Oh, wow. Um, I did um, Huckleberry Finn. Uh, a book called The Keys that was written by uh, a private author, uh, and um, also did uh, Peter Pan, which was pretty interesting because I had to do the voice of the dog. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Well, we'd love to have you, and we'll even skip the audition. All right, excellent. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on with us, and uh, it's, it's Insight for the Blind. Matt Corey is our guest. Please give that contact information out. 1. You can never give it out too much. It's insightfortheblind.org, and our
1: phone number is 954 5057.
0: Hey, Matt, thanks so much for being on South Florida Sunday. Thank you, Ron.